Hello. Yay. Hey, Carol. <laughs> the tired med student. The tired med student. Jeez. Always have time for Tiro, though. Come on. Always. I love you. I love you. I love you. I am excited because this, my friend, is episode 30. Wow. Oh, my God. 30? That's a lot. It's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah, I did a lot of work over the summer. Yeah, you've been busy. <laughs> I've been a You've little been busy. busy. That's so I've cool. had no, I've had the time. Good. So it's all good. Okay, uh, I think we're just gonna get right into this. Let's do it. Right, I love it. So, hello and welcome to Change for the Better: The Power of Arts in Education, Episode Thirty. I'm Stacy Tiro, a high school performing arts teacher for over 25 years. I've taught a lot of amazing people. Now that so many of my students are adults, they'll teach me how, through the lessons in my classroom, they have been changed for the better. So my guest today is another superstar from that famous class of 2015, and we had many from 2015 come through the podcast. Um, this guy initially had no interest in being on the stage. Instead, he chose to focus his excellence on uh, his academics and then, of course, being co-captain of the tennis team with his twin brother, Dion, who looks just like that. Just like me. <laughs> just like that. I was born first. <laughs> oh, you are the elder. I see. So he would come around uh, to rehearsals and sit in the back of the room while we did in the Heights. And he would just sit and, and watch while his like best friends, Manny and Elijah and his brother Dion, who had auditioned and got a really sweet part. Uh, they did their, their thespian thing, but he was like, he would sit like on the floor underneath the blackboard, just kind of like watching. And I, and I thought nothing of it because, you know, his brother was in the show He was really sweet and quiet and respectful. And he seemed to get a real kick out of like seeing his buddies, you know, dance and sing in the rehearsal studio. So I was like, ah, he's, he's fine. He's having a good time. So one day late in the rehearsal period, someone dropped out and I suddenly needed a guy to salsa dance uh, in the club scene for In the Heights. And it was like a small featured role, you know, ensemble kind of thing. But it required someone with some guts because he had to make advances on the character of Vanessa, try to outdo Usnavi, who was played by Manny Piedra, for her attention and try and outdance him. And then he get into a bar brawl before, before the blackout scene. So I, of course, the way I do things, I consulted with the cast saying that I needed somebody who could do all of that like yesterday And everybody pointed to him in the back of the room, sitting under the blackboard. And his eyes like bugged out because everybody's like eyes went on him. He Oh, bugged. no, God. But instead of screaming, no, and like running out of the room, he thought about it for a second. He got up and he brushed himself off and he's like, all right, let's see what happens. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. Come All on. right. So at that moment, He was hooked and it was the start of a beautiful working relationship. 
So by his senior year, the next year, he he was fully entrenched in the thespian experience, auditioned for West Side Story, and played the role of action as a jet. And he had such a commanding presence both on and off the stage. And he just poured every fiber of his being into transforming this like tennis loving leader self into becoming an actor, singer, dancer who could tackle Jerome Robbins choreography. (laughs) Attempt to. (laughs) No, no, you did fine. (laughs) And he knew what he was getting himself into. And he was very ready for that challenge because he learned how to execute soda basques and meticulous (laughs) fight sequences. Was it a stroke of luck? Was it serendipity, fate? I don't know. But ever since that first moment when he crossed the threshold from spectator to performer, I have loved getting to know this guy, very extraordinary young man. The words brilliant, talented, and connected only scratch the surface in describing who he really is. Um, After he graduated, he went off to Stony Brook University. He graduated a semester early in December 2018 and went straight to medical school at the, let's see if I get this right, the Zucker School of Medicine at Hofstra Northwell. Mm -hmm. And he is now in his fourth and final year of med school before heading into his residency, uh, which will be in physical medicine and rehabilitation. And his goal, his ultimate goal, is to become a doctor of sports medicine. So it's a far cry from his star turn with Thespian. (laughs) But I think there were some things that he learned there that gave him some perspective that maybe he didn't have before. And we'll learn some of those things today. Absolutely. So if you could please tell me your name, the year that you graduated, although we know class infamous class of 2015. Infamous. Infamous. And just tell me a little bit more about like where you are now. Sure. Absolutely. So I am Dwayne Gentle. I graduated um, from Spring Valley in 2015. And I'm currently living on Long Island, going to medical school. I live with my brother and my girlfriend of eight years. We met in high school. Uh, We'll talk about it later. And um, now I'm just getting through school, trying to get through the last year been such a long journey um thus far but the end is is very near mm-hmm. and just enjoying the process you know even though it's close it's easy to look sort of past past this time and jump to the next one but just trying to be as present as possible and um enjoy life that's what i'm trying to do right now yeah it must be a little hard to enjoy life when you're in med school it's a little bit difficult absolutely um and i'm sure we'll get into it but it was a. Uh, there were two moments in school for me where I really questioned: Is this the path for me, the journey for me? Given how demanding it is, and my heart is really not in it right now in the moment, and I kind of had to figure out why, what, what was um, the reason for that. So, I got to take some time off and really think about it. Um, and I came to a few answers and, and made some changes in my life that really sort of changed the traje- trajectory of my life, not just sort of my experience in med school. Um, so I'm extremely grateful for these trials and tribulations that we go through and, and, and we get to learn from. So, 
Well, I, I'm I'm hoping that we're gonna definitely touch on those revelations that you that you came to. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to that, since this is um, an exploration of like where you came from, right? Um, I want you to use your adult brain and describe your adolescent self. Okay. Mm. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is I was very determined. Um, I knew from a young age what I wanted to go into, which was medicine. And I had a, a sense, I really didn't know completely. I had an idea of what it might take in terms of uh, in prerequ- prerequisite to get to that moment. Um, so I was very determined. I was focused on my academics. Uh, I would say uh, maybe a rule follower a little bit, you know, kind of didn't like to go too far off of the norm of what was kind of expected of me or what I expected of myself. Um, happy to say that has changed because at some point you realize you have to do what you want to do. And that's the only thing you can do. But I say back then I was definitely that focused. I, I just say determined focus. That really sort of encompasses my high school experience, my childhood, I think. Mm. Would you would you say that you were sort of, you know, bold and brave? Because when I when I think about, you know, that that moment when mm-hmm. everybody was staring at you saying, Dwayne, Dwayne can do it. <laughs> I was like, well, don't frighten the guy. You know? <laughs> That was probably one of the first moments in my life that I didn't feel brave, but I decided to say yes as opposed to no. Mm. Um, So I think what made me say yes, I I just fell in love with the the musical. I fell in love with the soundtrack. I loved everything that it was. It was like rap and encompassing a lot of my culture and, and what I valued onto the stage. Like, I know this, I know this because it's my life in terms of the, the rapping and all that. Uh, let's go for it. Let's just do it. All of my friends are here. Let's right. do it. Right. Let's do it. Now, um, did, now you you didn't audition. You decided that auditioning was not going to be a thing for you. Right. Um, and, and had I not gotten that position sort of the way I did um, with someone dropping out, I don't know that I would have tried out the following year. Like, I, I really... I have a hard time thinking that I would have. Um, so to me, it was all a fate thing and everything fell into place how it did. Um, and I just happened to be there. I did not audition and I don't think I was going to. <laughs> right. No, but yeah, I, that's why I was like, I don't, I don't know if it's fate or serendipity or, you know, whatever those, the cosmic way that mm-hmm. you know, life kind of falls but it was a, oh, well, thank God moment. Because in that mm-hmm. moment, when I realized that the kid, you know, wasn't coming back, I was like, oh, we're, I got a problem. I got a big problem here and <laughs> I solve it. I was like, kids, you got to help me out. You know, people help me out. And they were like, I'm right there. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it wouldn't wow. be nice if that just worked out nicely. And it did. And it did. The cosmos was looking That's over. crazy. Somehow. <laughs> so grateful for that. And me too. Wow. Me too. Um, so now that we have brought you into the studio and brought you into the thespian experience, and now you can think of that show and, and the next show too, what was something that happened 
in the studio, on stage, in that experience that helped you to manage or to regulate your adolescent self? Mm. I think up until that point, that first show in, in, in the Heights and then West Side Story, I haven't done anything that I didn't know I could do. That I, Yeah, I think I said that right. I was very comfortable with the things I engaged with, very comfortable with sort of the new experiences that new quote unquote experiences that I sought out and, and engaged with, mm-hmm. but to just let go and just be in the moment, I mm-hmm. think is, is the opportunity that I got to, to do on stage. And I think that's an incredible thing that I learned while doing that and during that process, mm-hmm. um, very calculated, I'm a very calculated person. Like yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, that is what I do. But to let go a little bit, I think, was a very valuable lesson for me. It made me. It allowed me to enjoy the moment more. It allowed me to sort of explore myself more, um, and to just see what comes out. See, see what happens. Was it was it surprising that that sort of bridge to being more in the moment? Yeah, absolutely. But it, I think it's surprising at least for me, any new experience that you can go into without much of your like preconceptions or much of your expectations, I think you get a lot out of it in any way, in, in many ways and in any way. Yeah. Um, so it was absolutely surprising. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I didn't know how it would feel at the end of it. But again, what a, what a beautiful experience that was because I got to be with my best friends um, I got to learn more about myself. I got to really enjoy just a time in high school, um, really fond memories that we can all look back on and sort of reminisce on, which is incredible. So there's literally nothing bad that has come out of just me leaping in that way and me just uh, sort of trusting you, trusting the cast, trusting my friends uh, to just sort of, see me through a new experience trusting yourself too. And trusting myself absolutely so Dwayne was uh was a killer well and probably still is although I don't, I don't know if you've you've played recently because yeah. you're cool stuff but he you know he and his brother Dion were the captains co-captains of the tennis team and they killed it like like nobody <laughs> could beat them <laughs> you know, they were just incredible and and leaders to boot so I I think especially moving into the, the second show, uh, West Side Story, where you played action, I think that natural leadership like really gave you the opportunity to shine through. Once you got comfortable with that first experience, which was just kind of thrown at you, mm-hmm. um, this the second experience, it was like, oh, I can do this. And now I'm really going to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And before I uh, speak to that, um, another great thing to come out of In the Heights was Kayla, my girlfriend now had to teach me all of the dance moves uh, last minute. So that is like a big part of the inception of our relationship. So that holds a lot of meaning to me as well. Uh, well, yeah. so Kayla is episode nine. I think she was episode nine. Mm-hmm. And Kayla, you know, I, I have a very special relationship with Kayla. She's, she's like one of my, my, soulmate kind of people you know and when and I don't remember exactly when it was that the two of you got together but when you did I remember going ah this this is good and who knows what a what a high school relationship is going to turn into but the fact that it has like 
what's the the phrase it has um stood that withstood the test of time um and and i i keep i'm like i can't wait to go to this wedding i can't wait to like hold your first kid you know <laughs> like Mm -hmm. <laughs> no seriously like it like you said who who knows what comes of a high school relationship but it's been incredible like these last eight years just to be able to grow with somebody from such a young age through you know the rest of high school through college and like post-college like adulthood it's a journey it's a journey and to be able to to do it together and then also see and support each other individually has been a blessing so Yeah, you stuck it out. Long, You, you, uh, you and Kayla are kind of like me and my husband because my husband and I, well, we start, he's a year older than me and he, he went away to college and then we started dating. Like we were in the same friends group, same, same kind of, and, uh, and we, we were, we were actually eight years. Then we
all sorts of cultural obstacles and challenges, of course. Um, and I think anybody going into a professional field or into a, a, a you know a role that is not necessarily you know being a teacher like you you have your sort of your teacher self or your doctor self your professional self and then you've got like your layabout you know the way that you are and express yourself in mm-hmm. home you know when you say with that extra added layer of challenge of just being, you know, who you are, I hope you wouldn't have to put away too much of yourself, too much more of yourself that than any other person. I hope you, I hope you come to find that you don't have to. I definitely have to move forward. I have. Um, and that's just sort of a conscious decision to make. I think how you show up is is how you want to show up. You can be as intentional about that as you want to be. You could be as authentic as you want to be. How you are received in certain spaces is nothing to do with you. It's not your, it's not my responsibility how you receive me. I'm going to be me. I know I have uh, the compassion and care to do this job and just to lead, lead a life that I'm proud of. These days, I just, I'm just me, which, uh, yeah. which has been a learning process for sure. Other people's problems or other people's problems. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that sense of um, authentic self has come up a lot in this podcast, in the podcast mm. sessions that I've had. I'm glad that you're sort of working on reconciling that and not just being proud of who you are, but, you know, representing yourself in your truest form. Because honestly, you know, we need more Black men, Black women, Black professionals out there because we have a, a culture that needs that. There's a need to see that representation in the higher levels. And so mm-hmm. you said that you're going to become a doctor. I was like, yes. That's me. I'm there. Dr. Gentle. Although I really, really wanted you to become a pediatrician just because of your name. I know, right? How perfect <laughs> would that have been? But that's okay. <laughs> For sports people, I guess they need gentle as well. Everyone needs some some gentleness. Exactly. so um and i I feel like we've touched on some of this but what are some of the lessons that you learned back in the studio that you think about or that you use today yes so that big spontaneity has become a big thing for me and just being okay with just new things unknown things my experience in the thespians and in the dance studio has has been a big part of that kayla has been a big part of that she is the queen of spontaneity and she does what she wants. And I took a a page out of her book, um, but just living a little more free, a little less calculated. But I think the other big influence came from the dance studio regarding that aspect. I've learned to sort of lean into moments a little bit more. I think I distinctly remember like just sitting after, I think it was West Side Story. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was in the Heights. I, I don't remember. Um, and then we had like a little moment to reflect in the back of the auditorium. I think it was just you and me mm. talking. It was actually West Side Story because you told me about uh, how you like that I did one thing with action. And just appreciating, fully appreciating and being in the moment, not waiting until after to do that. Again, just living, living 100% there, present. That's been a very huge theme for me as well. Um, and that has gotten me through school. It's... Um, 
how present can you be right yeah when your mind goes all over the place how present can you be there's a saying that i that i think of all the time is be where you are not where you're going um, because when you're thinking about where you're going, how can you do what you're doing now? Right. Mm -hmm. Best of your ability. That's never more true for me than when I'm either teaching or like doing gymnastics or when I'm, you know, really pr present in the moment of what I'm doing, mm -hmm. I know that I can do it right. Mm -hmm. I can do it well. And when I'm like four steps ahead, that's like when I fall and I get injured or I forget a main point that I wanted to get to, or I okay. overlook something, you know? So that's a, that's a really, that's a really good lesson. <laughs> Projecting now a little bit more forward to today, how have you changed since you graduated high school? I think something that served me very well, that sort of was required in those former years to get to this point was that that discipline that sort of was like hyper focus uh, on one goal and that was to always get to medical school right once I got to medical school I realized that hyper focus hyper vigilance of what I need to be doing what I am doing didn't work out so much for me mm -hmm. um, because I was constantly just a lot of anxiety around how I'm performing a lot of the grading in school now is sort of comparative to other students and it's relative to other students mm -hmm. so sort of inherent in the process is comparing yourself to other students which didn't go well for me I, I really didn't enjoy that because it just took up a lot of my time even when I wasn't doing work I was thinking about it and, and worried about it so that's different now I took a, about six weeks off at the beginning of my third year of medical school because Again, the way that I was doing things was just not working for me anymore. And it made me question the career path through therapy, through some real serious reflection and, and analysis. It's my mindset. It was the, it was, I found I need a work-life balance. That's the only way I can survive. And uh, a deepened sort of spiritual connection, like with meditation and, and other aspects of my spirituality. I've come to, to find that that's all important for me to lead a balanced life, to feel good in whatever I'm doing. So that discipline, that like major discipline that I had before, I'll say I have a fraction of that now, just because I know and feel that you can't plan everything or you, you can't prepare for everything. So that's made me more present. That's helped me with my anxieties about new things, about testing, things like that. Uh, so that's a major, major thing that's different for me now. I would imagine mm -hmm. that like getting thrown into um, the fire for that first show is probably like the first awakening to yes. the idea that you, you'll you you'll still be okay, even if you don't know exactly what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. You're kind of not uh, taught that that's okay, you know, until you're at these older ages and, you know, you kind of have to figure that out for yourself, you know, because it's always right now you have to do what you need to do to get to this next place or to do this or to make sure you don't fall behind here. So it's a lot of forward thinking, looking, I think, as you're younger, rightfully so to, to an extent, I think. But at some point, 
you got to be in the moment. Like you got to be, you got to trust what you set up for yourself and, and trust that you're doing everything you need to be doing. So that worry kind of melts away. Like yeah. that worry can like kill people. Yeah. That being in the moment, man, that is, <laughs> that's kind of everything when you're trying to assuage anxiety. Mm-hmm. All anxiety, you know, is, is about thinking of the what ifs. Mm-hmm. what if this what if that and and when you're like but i'm here now so let me just do the thing that i'm doing now then you don't really have the mental space to think of well what if what if what if so right. the compartmentalization that benefits us mm-hmm. <laughs> like, absolutely and i think the pandemic played a huge part huge part in like society allowing for this process to happen for this like frame shift to happen because even an example is my school after the pandemic they gave out headspace for free for everybody at our school um they weren't talking about that before the pandemic so you know as terrible as as it has been and it really has been terrible just being on the wards and seeing everything that that goes on the ability to slow down a little bit the support from institutions uh, to slow down, I think, has been incredible. Um, and that's, that's something that needs to be maintained in, in all institutions, I think. I, I hope we can. I mean, I, it, it's it's holding on now. I fear if, you know, like corporate entities start insisting that people return and remote is, you know, no longer an acceptable option. I, I think we're going to backslide you know a little bit but i feel like since you know the eight billion people of the world (laughs) you know all had that same experience of Mm -hmm. locking it down for six to 12 months i think we have all been forever changed because of it and hopefully we're a little bit more mindful of where where our brains really are and where they need to be absolutely yeah so you know how you've changed since you were an adolescent. What would your adult self now tell your high school self to help ease the way? So I would say uh, explore more. Mm-hmm. Explore more because that's the time to do it. That's when you have the most time. That's when you have the most mental freedom. And that's when it matters the most, I think, sort of at that early age. Again, I was very sort of established in what I knew, what was important to me, what I was good at. Mm-hmm. Academics was straightforward for me. Tennis was it. I threw thespians in there a little bit to shake things up. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just go for it. Do everything. You know, I think I would probably do a little bit more, a little more exploration. Again, I don't know if I'd pick everything, everything that I try. I don't know if I'd pick it up, but I think that's the point of it just sort of add to uh, your experience right you know yeah it's another running theme that we kind of keep coming across like just just do just try it just go forth and conquer something new you know your whole life is new <laughs> you know everything that we do is new mm. well but there's so much to be enjoyed if we could just get past our fears Absolutely. And, you know, a big part of it, too, is like your friend group, I think, 
probably has a big thing to do with it. If you're not encouraged sort of in many aspects of your life, at home, at school, you know, from your teachers, from your friends, uh, you're probably less likely to, to venture out and do these things. But again, very fortunate for the group that I had and the support that we gave each other. I think it would have been easier for me to do. Absolutely. If that was something on my mind, but you can totally see the barriers for a lot of other people, you know, maybe their group might judge them, maybe their friends. So it's a, it's so complex. I think just as a, just being a kid growing up um, because there's so many things to actually worry about and that are influencing you consciously and, and subconsciously. But again, hindsight is 2020, right? So that's what I would tell myself. Explore. Yes. Other than med school, what is something that you're grappling with now? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> other than med school, that's funny because as you alluded to earlier, like this is our whole life. It sort of has to be your whole life to get through it. Like you have to really buy in a hundred percent for it to work mm-hmm. and I am, the thing that I'm grappling with or challenged with is making sure that it's not the case. Mm -hmm. So what else do I enjoy doing? What, who else am I aside from this title of doctor? You know what I mean? Because there's a lot more to life to me than that. Diversifying my interests, sort of leaning into who I am now, doing that exploration, that that's sort of my challenge right now. It's been a great journey. It's been an incredible journey just to to learn about myself some more and know that some days are going to be easier, some days are going to be harder, but there's a, there's lessons in everything. There's a there's a moment to reflect in everything. So, I've been doing that ever since my my 6 weeks off at the begin, beginning of third year. So, it's been a, a wonderful year of trying to ground myself in the present moment and and through that really see what I'm experiencing, see what I want more of, mm-hmm. see what uh, how I can rebalance things, restructure things in my life to feel a little less like totally consumed by medicine. Put upon by it. Yeah. I, you know, I know time is a major factor just because of the amount of knowledge that you have to pack into your brain. Mm-hmm. But do you find that you have like some downtime to, to do some of those other things? Yes, I make it so. Um, it's funny. I was just, just thinking of what I wanted to say a little bit before we came on here. I probably would not tell an an incoming medical student how I do things (laughs) because I don't know that it could work for anybody else, but me. And I think that's a sentiment that should be like passed on to every upcoming medical student is you're going to get like a million pieces of advice, but they might not do it for you. You have to figure it out yourself. Like, what do you actually need? Um, if I told my upperclassmen how I go about my life now, they'd be like, how are you passing? Because I really try to spend as much time away from medicine as I can, like within reason. So like one thing I've been doing a lot, a lot more has been running within the past year. I ran a half marathon last year. And I have a 10 mile race coming up in the Bronx. So I am really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Spending time with music, like actually trying to make beats and engage with music because it's always been such a big part of my life and in my family's life and in my brother and girlfriend's life. So 
it's just another way to connect to the people that I care about the most. And I think that's where I like my energy to be spent the most outside of medicine. So. And do you find that by making that space, you're actually making a little bit more room in your head for all the medical stuff that you have to pack in there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because again, you know, once I set, you know, I say I'm done, I'm studying X amount this day, whatever I get done, I get done, put it on to the next day if you don't finish and not actually like worrying about having to hit a certain number of questions or to review a certain number of topics that frees up my mind to do other things and to, to live my life exactly how I want to live it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it has be, being able to sort of engage with other things has allowed me to stay more present and calmer like and that calmer. anxiety. If, if you give yourself that space to like calm that anxiety down, that's going to inevitably rise up because, Oh my God, I have this test. Oh my God, if I don't get it all, what if, what if, what if, Mm-hmm. You don't spend your mental energy wasting it on something that's not going to actually help you to get the thing done that you need to get done. Absolutely. A grade that you need to get done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a reason I'm not becoming a neurosurgeon um, because <laughs> I kind of like my time. And it's it's like PMNR has, I think my personality lends itself most uh, sort of suitably to that um, specialty. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part of like figuring things out too. As soon as I realized it was PMNR and it's a little less competitive than like a lot of the other really competitive specialties, mm-hmm. I could breathe a little bit. I don't need like the top score on my step one exam or whatever. I can just, I can enjoy life a little bit. So that's been a big help as well. Mm, that's good. Look, know thyself, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me one thing that you miss about your high school self and one thing that's gotten better since you've become an adult. I had so much energy as a younger person in high school, like just to to have time to do all of those things, you know, tennis, go to thespians. Like I I don't even know how we got that to work. Like it was during the same season. (laughs) Thank you. Shout out bond for uh, helping that work out. I, I think just like, childhood adrenaline and just excitement to be around friends and just to do things uh was there as a kid and now it's like a little more challenging to to uh to get up early to maybe go run in the morning to whatever cook whatever it is um so i miss that i think that's just a part of becoming an adult kinsley said that too but he said that right yeah he did back just hurts like everything just goes downhill but that's one thing I really truly miss like I that might sound funny but I really do miss that um I think the quality of the time that I get to spend now has become a lot better even in this conversation I really feel like I'm here I feel like I have this space to to think and really connect we connect with uh my dear Tiro and you know it's just even running, just being present with running, everything, everything that I do, I feel like I have a little bit more presence with. Mm-hmm. And that makes me enjoy it infinitely more, even that little more presence. So that's something uh, that I think I have now that has been incredible for me. Mm. If you could give a piece of sage advice to high school students now, 
What would it be? So I would say now is the time to establish your discipline. Now that doesn't mean it doesn't have to be academics. We, we, we're not only talking about academics. You can find something that you love in your life, whether it's playing an instrument, uh, a sport, whatever it is. And if you can build up your discipline and dedication, like to engage with that thing, just over time, I think that will confer a lot of confidence when you do get to sort of new places in your life and more challenging places in your life. And you're now questioning, can you do something? Well, you know you can because you've been working on it. You've been working on that focus, that discipline. I think that's something that's helped me out tremendously that I started sort of in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was just focusing on ac academics and sort of balancing everything that I was doing. Mm -hmm. It translated very well to balancing things in medical school and undergrad. Just push yourself a little bit in the things that you enjoy. I think that's an easy way to get to build that, that, uh, that discipline. And I think that the, the thespian thing probably helped you do that in just a different way. Mm -hmm. You realize that that discipline translates to whatever it is that you're putting your mind in and your energy in. Mm -hmm. It's a, a way of being rather than the thing that you're doing. Absolutely. You now it's how you, what you bring to the table. It's what you bring. Absolutely. Yeah. So now we're back to you today, presently. What are three self-care practices that you do now to help you to center or regulate yourself? Number one, again, would have to be sort of my delving into my spirituality, mm -hmm. my meditations, my mantras, my connection to beyond the physical, beyond my, my physical, uh, physical self. Mm -hmm. um, that has allowed me really to just tone down the anxiety to feel capable of doing what I need to do. And I know that I am capable. It's about sort of, can my mind follow? And it has, and it's been, it's been brilliant and an amazing thing just to, to make me feel good throughout the day. What's one of the, like your favorite mantras? So I actually have mantras in Sanskrit in a different language. So I'll give you a rough translation of once we free ourselves from suffering when we recognize the essence of all things so that's one of them to know that you know your experience is the same as everyone else's here it's the same as the plants it's the same as the animals it's the same as every living thing on this earth i think if you can sort of connect to the collective energy mm -hmm. understand that things will happen good and bad and it's just for you to experience that for me has helped me sort of just settle down into my own experience uh, to trust my own experience. And again, to be present, that, that's the, the major theme. And I think trust in all my you'll, that you'll know like what to do when the time comes. Mm -hmm. That trust mm -hmm. element is important in yourself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So that um, one. That's one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another thing is running. Running is such a challenge for me mental more than physical and i think that is my favorite part of it i think when you get into the longer the longer miles for me which is you know seven eight nine plus miles that's when i really have to 
sort of lock in and trust my body, trust my legs, but uh, coach myself through it. So that's been fun. And training for this race has been extremely fun. That's another sort of meditative moment for me as well. Mm-hmm. And not on a treadmill. I don't like a treadmill. I need oh. to be outside. Even when it's snowing, I'm outside. <sighs> um, You're brave, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's two, three. I think we touched on it, but sort of tapping into my other interests, my other uh, experiences outside of medical school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets very one-dimensional at, at certain times when you're studying all day, all night. Something that I've sort of been telling myself, learning, like everyone loves to praise that you're becoming a doctor, you're doing this. And absolutely, like that's an incredible thing to do. But I'm also X, Y, Z. I'm also interested in this, that, and the other, you know, and just to lean into those other parts of myself has been a really empowering thing. I'm not just a, I'm gonna be a cool doctor. I'm not just a doctor. That's right. You know. You're a doctor plus. Plus, plus, plus. I just think it's amazing that I I'm gonna call you Doctor Gentle. Like I it it just I can't washes it. over me, and I'm so <laughs> so excited about it because I don't know that many doctors mm. personally. You know, <laughs> yeah. we call them and they're like you know they've got this kind of wall up. Yeah. And, treating professional i'm like but i i got the inside scoop with one you know a little yeah that's right (laughs) i'm excited thank you tiro and you know you've been such a constant and empowering force along my journey and i can never thank you enough so i'll spend the rest of my life trying to do so well listen you came on my podcast so that's pretty good that's pretty good good start huh that's a great start. I'm very excited. We have come to the end of another episode of Change for the Better, the power of arts in education. Tune in next week for episode 31 as we move forward on our journey to prove just how important the arts are in our lives. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Dwayne. Thank you, Tiro. Pleasure. Love you always. Uh, <laughs>